from high atop the dark towers of Grandview Plaza, it's Field Days, starring Greg Straub and some guy named Chris. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson Chris Gouts. Chris, you know in the last podcast we talked a little bit about the FOA Supervisor Conference, right? That's right. Um, the speakers we had, it was very educational. Um, I know you learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work in corrections now. You finally know a little bit about that, right, from Dr. Ed Latessa. I learned the difference between probation and parole, so that's good. That's always I've a that lockdown now. For our spokesperson, it's good for, for <laughs> you to know that. Um, but, you know, there was another big event that happened. Very big. Yeah, at the conference. Um, and it wasn't, it didn't involve a speaker. Well, I guess Deputy Director Marlin announced it, so he was, he was a speaker. But we announced that... Warren Wilson accepted the, the position of Assistant Deputy Director. You know that Denise Osbury retired uh, last fall. She was on the podcast before she retired. And Warren Wilson's been acting that position since. So, um, well, I'll, I guess, Warren, we'll, we'll let you talk about that. Um, I thought it was a fun way to accept a job uh, offer. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before, having, I don't know, 300 people in an audience and the Deputy Director giving a speech and saying, oh, yeah, by the way, Warren Wilson. Why don't you go ahead and uh, explain? Well, first of all, tell everybody who you are. We appreciate you coming on field days and uh, you know, and, and taking on this role of uh, assistant deputy director in FOA. Uh, but tell everybody kind of who you are and what you've done for the department of your career. I'm Warren Wilson, as you said, and I just want to ask one question. Where's Noah Nagy? Isn't he supposed to be part of the podcast? I, I, I thought that. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Chris, Chris answers that question. Okay. Yes, I uh, started out as an agent in Detroit um, at the Greenfield District Probation Office. I went to the court service unit then at Detroit working uh, Frank Murphy, which is Third Circuit Court now. From there I became the supervisor of the SAI unit in Detroit. Then I became the uh, supervisor, I was transferred to uh, Lincoln Park Parole, and then from Lincoln Park Parole I uh, became uh, one of the first parole violation specialists. And then uh, after the parole violation specialist I was asked to become the area manager for the Lansing area. Uh, here in um, outstate territory. Then from there, I got promoted to um, the operations administrator for outstate. And now I'm uh, graciously accepted the position of acting de- deputy director. Uh, yeah. is the assistant deputy yeah, you're director. No longer acting, I, that's right. I'm no longer acting. So, so you've so you've been in the field your whole career. So you've, you've basically grown up in FOA and, and field operations and doing the job of an agent supervisor all the way up. I have done just about everything there is to do in the field, yes, from parole, probation, specialists, uh, all the way up. I understand it pretty well. So, you know, we, we kind of teased it at the beginning, but um, talk about, you know, how, how <laughs> at the conference, how you accepted the position, what Deputy Director Marlin um, did to offer the position, and, and kind of what you felt about that, how you, how you took that. Well, it was, first of all, that we have a supervisor conference, conferences which are outstanding. Um, during Russ's meeting, he, uh, excuse me, his uh, speech, he asked where I was at, and then he, in front of all the supervisors in the, in the state, offered me the position, which is interesting. It was almost like a, uh, a, a jumbotron proposal, almost it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, absolutely, and uh, it was uh, unique, just like Russ. So it it, it was a pretty uh, interesting, cool way of, of actually doing it. And I assume I, mean, I know I was there, but you accept the position. Right? I haven't told them yet. Did, did you negotiate price during that time? <laughs> no, <or? laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, it's great. I mean, I I've, I have known you. You were you were actually my boss for um, a long time, and uh, so I've known you for quite a while. And this is really really good for FOA to have you in this position. I'm excited to work alongside you um, up here in, in Grandview Plaza. But for those of you out there who don't know Warren, he's going to be leading 
the Office of Parole Probation Services, affectionately known as OPPS. And could you talk a little bit about what OPPS covers and entails? OPPS is really multifaceted. We have many units within uh, OPPS from the electronic monitoring unit where it's a 24-7 operation. Uh, people that are on GPS, SCRAM, Tether, that, that are monitored when phone calls come in after hours uh, from law enforcement, uh, that's where it goes to. There's um, Detroit Reentry Center, Detroit Detention Center is under OPPS. We have the ICOTS Interstate Compact Unit is under, under us as well. We have ICAC agents are there as well, which uh, Internet Crimes Against Children. So we have uh, those uh, agents work uh, directly with uh, um, law enforcement in internet crimes against not just children but individuals as well. S- and then we also have uh, the Pro Violation Unit, which is down in Jackson, which deals with people that are being returned to prison on parole violations. They actually act as like prosecutors for the department with the defendant they're representing us. Uh, I have the Pro Violation Specialists. I have the Probation Sentencing Specialists. And then I also have uh, the parole supervision unit, where all probation, excuse me, parole conditions, deletions, changes, and discharges all come through those units as well. Yeah, so I know a lot of the staff probably out there aren't even aware that we have these units. You know, when we think FOA, Chris, I know um, you just learned parole, parole probation and the difference. So um, I think that's what most people think of when they think FOA, field operations, is parole probation agents and maybe the parole board. You know, there's a whole separate entity in, in FOA that Warren just described that you know, there's a lot of these unsung heroes, you know, that, that work behind the scenes that aren't, you know, out front, you know, technically with supervising agents or supervising offenders. So, you know, I'm glad that you got to explain kind of what, what you're leading now. And, you know, because there's, there's a lot of staff that we have that go somewhat unnoticed in, in here at Grandview Plaza. And they, but they do a lot of important, really, really important work, you know, running discharge liens and, and, and prosecuting our, our violators at revocation hearings and uh, making decisions on a lot of cases and sanctioning parolees and giving sound recommendations to the court, our, our PSS. We've talked about the PSS a million times on the podcast. We've had Kathy Arnold on, very important, and, and you're leading all that. So, um, you know, it's exciting times in FOA, and, and having you, you know, be, be part of that is, is great. So, I, I don't know, Chris, do you, do, you, do you have any questions for Warren? I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. I mean, you obviously listed a long list of things that you're uh, in charge of, so I'm just trying to figure out, what would you what does Russ do? <laughs> Sounds like you're doing all the work. Oh no, no, absolutely. <laughs> can we can we edit that out? <laughs> uh, Russ is a uh, is supportive of the people that he works with, and um, he really gives us a good guidance and direction on where to go and uh, new ideas. Uh, he's really receptive of new ideas and uh, sometimes crazy ideas, which may not fly in other places or other times within the department. So it is really a he is a personal change. So it's. Uh, Fabulous to work with him. No, I mean, you don't need to answer that, by the way, Warren. He, Chris is just jealous because he feels he's the second best PIO in this department. So, um, you know, Rusty number one. I've told so it numerous times. Third. Yeah, he's, I, he's just a little third? jealous. At all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, couldn't happen to a to a greater guy. And I, I loved uh, I loved how it was how it was announced. I had a little inkling that it was coming, but uh, I didn't know exactly when or where. So that was I think that was very cool. But uh, you got to see it and. I'm uh, very rightly so. You got a standing ovation. It was uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. We couldn't even hear if you accepted it or not. It, was, it got so loud in there so quickly. Yeah, which is you know why we wanted to get you on the podcast, you know, so soon because it, you are very much supported uh, across, you know, 105 field offices uh, across the state, and well, and you know, we'll, we'll get you out of here. I, I know uh, you're not one for the spotlight, Warm. You know, t- taking over OPPS. You know, Denise really left it, I think, in a good place. You know, I think she did a wonderful job leading OPPS in the years that she was here. But what do you, you know, what, do you have plans 
moving forward for OPPS, or you know, what do you want to accomplish in your in your time in the position? I think you're spot on by saying that Denise really um, handed me over a good group of uh, individuals to work with. They're on the forefront of thinking of new ways and different ways to handle things. So she really left me in a, a great position. So. Uh, I really appreciate all the hard work that Denise has done and uh, really c continues to do because the individuals that you put in the place are really the, the, the right people for it. So direction for me is, one of the first things is get rid of the work statements. We're converting them as quickly as we possibly can. Um, so that's one of, the, one of the main goals and the mo most immediate goal that I have along with other things. Of There's things I want to do concerning the probation specialist uh, and maybe trying to be yep. creative in new ways of doing things. Things, so uh, that's kind of where I am right now. Uh, we're going to continuing to push forward with new ideas and new ways of doing things. That's good. And I know DRC. You talked about DRC under it's under you, and and you have some really unique ideas. And so does Deputy Director Marlin about how to use um, the Detroit Reentry Center uh, to really to really focus on risk reduction things. With the agents at DRC, there's a few things that I'm uh, trying to pilot there as well to try to increase our success with uh, individuals uh, from coming back to DRC. Yeah, there's, I mean, that place has a lot of opportunity for us. Um, yeah, I think it's right for, you know, for a lot of our staff there to really um, make an impact on the people that are there because they're there, you know, for, for violating the parole. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we just kind of let them sit there and, and you know, suffer for what they've done. No, I, I think that's an opportunity for us to really use what they have done as a springboard to, to help them long term and, and really get at why they're there in the first place and, and, and get at those things that drove, drove them there and um, target them and, and address them, right? Right. We need to focus on why they're there and not necessarily a punitive reason, but get to the core reason why they're actually doing what they're doing and address the cause, not the symptom yeah. of whatever that their issue is. Yeah, very well said. Um, Hey, I'm excited to have Warren up here. I, I, again, I've, I've known Warren for a very long time, and I'm grateful to, to work alongside him because I think you know FOA has, has really done some wonderful things, uh, you know, the past uh, few years, and uh, I, I know Warren will definitely try to take it to the next level, and uh, I, I'm excited. So, thank you, Warren, for um, stopping by. I know this isn't the most comfortable situation to sit here with Chris Scouts. I, I understand that totally. You know, seriously, thank you for um, for stopping by. We do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to what you're um, what you're going to do to uh, make OPPS you know take it to the next level, and um, I'm excited for that. And uh, thanks thanks for coming on Field Days. Really appreciate it. Well, Chris, that was fun to get Warren on. I know uh, I said it on the podcast, but he's not one for the spotlight. You know, he's kind of behind the scenes kind of guy. So we definitely had to talk him into that one a little bit. Absolutely, yeah, it was great to have him on and. Uh... You may have even heard his voice at the beginning of this episode because uh, there was a new uh, intro, and so people were... Wait, that was Warren? People were wondering who that was. <laughs> if that, uh, Hopefully you didn't have your speakers on too loud when, when, when the episode started because you didn't hear uh, Edna's voice. You heard, uh, heard a different voice. So I don't well, know if we'll keep that one around. Let's but go it, back to Edna's. <laughs> yeah, I think we might go back to Edna's next week. I think, I think it scared some of the kids that, that listened. Uh, but but it, that, was, that was nice of Warren to, uh, to do that for us. So uh, you, you have a couple busy weeks with the director coming up. Yes, so next week uh, we'll be up at uh, Mackinac for the Mackinac Policy Conference. We've gone the last, uh, I think this will be our third or fourth year then in a row that we've, we've gone. Uh, and you've reaped some benefits from going to these things, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's been a ton of really positive energy and job leads for our vocational villagers. Uh, and actually, last year, we because we were up there, we made a great connection with uh, a large company in Michigan. And that turned into... And a really exciting new program at 
one of our vocational village sites that we're going to be rolling out and announcing it in another month or so. So I'm uh, really excited about that. But it's because of going up there, having these connections, having these meetings, where you otherwise wouldn't be able to be uh, around so many of the top business leaders, executives, politicians, lobbyists, they're, they're everybody that there, you're kind of trapped on the island all together. A lot of deals are made and, and People, you, you know, make it sound like it's not a good thing to be trapped on, on Macma Island. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, it's not Alcatraz. I mean, <laughs> right. it, it's a little bit, a little more pleasant uh, than that. Uh, but no, it, people sometimes, you know, wonder why you know people go to this conference and they they right. think it's just uh, you know, whatever they think about it. But being up there now and, and doing this for the last couple of years, I've really seen the benefits, and I'm really excited for this program to, to kick off, and, and we'll be able to talk about that and, and announce that hopefully in another month or so. It's because of meetings like this that we had at Mackinac that we're able to do do these kind of things. So I'm really really excited about that. That and uh, the potential to be talking with reporters and lawmakers about our budget because we're going to be right in the middle of budget season. So it's a great chance to, to talk with uh, individuals about that. So there's, there's a lot that we're excited about and uh, hopefully meeting some new people. Uh, and there's tons of uh, companies and, and business leaders that are there. And we're always looking to talk with them about coming and seeing the village. We've, we've brought a lot of people to the village because of connections that we've made on Mackinac at, at this conference. So it's really exciting. Yeah, you know, we we were, I guess, remiss last week to talk about, uh, but last Thursday was uh, GED Day. Did you know that, Chris? I, I did. I, I saw some great stuff on Twitter, so that's, there's a lot going on there. We had a podcast about this, didn't we, Chris? We actually did a podcast on Pell Grants. So uh, they can go back and listen to what the department's doing about, around Pell Grants because it's a huge, huge benefit to us to have these grants. And, um, you know, it, it, it reduces risk when you get somebody an education they can go out and use that ed- education to get a job. So... Yeah, and we've really done a great job with the, the numbers there, especially at Women's Huron Valley. Um, they've brought in some some new folks. That, I think they have a new principal there and a, and a really renewed focus on GED completions. And last year they had, I think, 80-some women who got their GED. This year already they're like they're going to have they're looking to have almost 200 be done by the end of this year. They're already up over 100 so far this year. And it was they've had so many, actually, that originally they had planned to have the ceremony and their auditorium, and they had to move it to the gymnasium wow. because they had so many uh, people that they got their GEDs. So That's awesome. uh, I, I loved hearing stuff like this from our facilities. I know it's not just women's, it's a lot of our other facilities as well, uh, really f- focusing on education because just like anything else, this is the first step. You know, we wouldn't, you, you wouldn't want your, your child to go get a GED and then expect that they're going to get a great, well-paying job. Career job, yeah. And same thing in prison. They, when they get their GED, it enables them to then qualify to be able to take college classes or to get into the vocational village. We don't let somebody into the vocational village unless they've gotten their GED because uh, you, you've been there, but but there's so much math and, and a lot of study that, that's involved operating these computers and operating, doing all the plumbing and electrical. There's stuff in there that I couldn't I couldn't even do. So you have to have that base level of knowledge, and, and this really sets them up for success. Yeah, well said. And you know what else happened last week? I saw Director Washington was featured in a, uh, in a Michigan Advance article slash YouTube video. Yeah, so if you haven't had a chance to see this, I would really, really encourage it. The Michigan Advance is a new uh, publication uh, in Lansing uh, for the last, I don't know, the last year or so, and they did, right now they're going around and they're doing interviews, uh, getting to know all of the new cabinet members in uh, Governor Whitmer's cabinet. So uh, one of the first ones they did, if not the first, was on Director Washington. Uh, they did it about a month or so ago and uh, came in for about an hour, and they did an absolutely amazing story, great photos, uh, video of the director talking about all the change and all the positive things that have happened 
under her leadership. We put it out there a ton on social media, but if you haven't seen it, we'll put a link to those story, to that story uh, in the email that goes out with this podcast, so you can definitely check that out. Definitely feel free to, to share that far and wide, because it's a really, really great story. Yeah, so what else you got, Chris? I'm, I'm tapped out of ideas here. What else you got, anything? I'm just going to mention one last thing. Just actually just yesterday um, at the Richard A. Hanley Correctional Facility, uh, where we have the vocational village, we also have our great uh, Calvin uh, College program. And Yesterday, we had a graduation ceremony for the students there who are full-time Calvin College students. And what, what I love about this program is that they're not just taking a program that's just designed for, for prison. It's truly a satellite campus of Calvin College. And the same exact courses that they're taking in prison, people on, on the actual campus at, uh, at Calvin are taking the same exact classes. So uh, and they're doing incredibly well. So we had Calvin was there to film uh, the graduation, and they're going to be showing some of that footage at their actual graduation. Uh, and when they did that last year, uh, there was, you know, not a dry eye in the house because you saw they had, you know, this huge convocation center where all these thousands of people and parents were seeing their children graduate, but they took time to show a picture of the Calvin College students and truly embrace them as part of the Calvin family. Uh, and they'll be doing that again uh, this year. So that's really special. We we love doing that. And what was also unique about this graduation ceremony is that for the first time, we allowed family members to come into the prison and see the graduation. Usually they do these like in the visiting room where they'll do them in a gymnasium, but it's just for the prisoners because we're, we used to be so, and, and rightfully so, security-minded. We don't just let a lot of people in for, for these kind of things. And so we actually brought the family members inside the prison, not just in the visiting room, but into into the facility where they could see their loved ones graduate, see them, you know, with their tassels and, and, the, and the, the their cap and gowns. Yeah. And then be able to talk with them and have time afterwards to spend with them and, and all those kind of things. So it's a really, really unique and special thing. And we're actually now taking that model and we're applying it to all of our college graduations that are going to be that'll be taking place uh, in June uh, across the state, where we have some of our Pell grants, like you mentioned earlier. When those are, folks are graduating, they'll be able to have their family members, aunts, uncles, you know, spouses, kids, whoever they can have. I think two people there. Uh, but it's a great, great way to to show that we're embracing family and making sure that the families see that and, and are supportive of, of what they're doing and be able to be proud of, of their individual, their loved one that's in prison. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. There's, you know, there's, that's, that's one example of many, many things that are going on. Good stuff, Chris. Um, I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, maybe we'll have an episode with you on Mackinac Island uh, about all the great businesses you're, and, and leaders you're talking to up there to get drum up some business for, for our uh, boat villagers. And uh, so make sure you stay tuned to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time... Thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.